aka Gangsta Boo, a former member of 3-6 Mafia and a pioneer of female rap has died. The hip-hop star's passing was confirmed by her former label mate DJ Paul, who threw up a photo of her on IG. Seemingly as a tribute, several prominent artists com- commented uh, with messages of condolences. The exact cir- circumstances surrounding her death are unknown. Um... So uh, Gangsta Boo's career officially started in the 90s when she linked up with Paul, Juicy J, and other founding members of the rap group, which included the likes of Lord Infamous, Crunchy Black, Koopsta, Nika, uh, and more. Gangsta Boo was one of the only female rappers with the crew, but she held her own and paved away uh, paved her own lane for years as part of the 3-6 Mafia crew. In addition to her own solo records that she was cranking out at the time, too much to much acclaim, Gangsta was also featured on 3-6 Mafia's first five studio albums, including their debut record in 1995's Mystic Styles, as well as other notable projects like Chapter One, When, I, when the Smoke Clears, and even the Choices album that served as a soundtrack to the movie. So, um... Here's a little update. The sources connected to Gangsta Boo tell TMZ the rapper's death appears to be a drug-related. We're told that Gangsta was with her brother last night at a local concert in Memphis and that her siblings started to overdose sometime in the night, requiring hospitalization. While he ended up being okay, our sources tell us that people familiar with Gangsta Boo's death scene insist narcotics were found on her person and that a fentanyl lace substance is believed to be at play. We're told the police are launching an official investigation, an autopsy, an autopsy obviously needs to be done as well to see what the actual cause of death is. So this is one of those things, man, where, where fentanyl is just so out of control. It's such a you need such a, it's such a, and we've, we've done this before, but like you need, you don't need much, um, amount of fat, uh, fentanyl to die, uh, and there's images, right, like, so right here, this is a good image right here, you only need this much to die, Right. Like and that could be easily inhaled. Now, for whatever reason, I don't understand why people are cutting and lacing cocaine with it. They're lacing uh, pills with it. Mac Miller died of a fentanyl overdose because he was he was um, uh, it, it was some fake Oxycontins, I believe, or Percodans or something like it. Was, but they were they were manufactured in someone's home to look like they're actual pills. And the main substance in there that that got people high was fentanyl. And unfortunately, you know, Mac Miller ended up dying. Gangsta Boo, I think Prince died of fentanyl, right? Didn't Prince die of fentanyl? Um, Let's 
Toxicology, a toxicology report from Prince's autopsy has provided more, a detailed picture of the cause of death. He had what multiple experts uh, called an exceedingly high concentration of fentanyl in his body. So there you go. Fentanyl and, and Tom Petty, I believe, died of fentanyl. Uh, a week after the final days, Hollywood Bull, Petty was dead. Uh, he accidentally overdosed on a variety of medications. The one Petty was, uh, family blamed was fentanyl. So, yeah, fentanyl is a real fucking problem. Um, and what's interesting is that, you know, like we have such an influx of fentanyl coming over our southern border. It's certainly not coming from the fucking Canadians. Fentanyl is a real drug, like it's epidurals when women are given birth. So I don't understand how it sometimes is fine. Uh, ADN sometimes is murdery. Yeah, um, it, it feels almost like it's. It feels like it's almost like it's being done on purpose. I, I feel like fentanyl has just sort of started weeding out a lot of people, um, you know, in a, in a horrible way. And it, it's, man, I've had, I've had people I've known die of fentanyl. They're not really friends. They're more acquaintances. But, you know, I've had a few people pass from fentanyl that I've known. And it's always laced in, um, in heroin. And it's always laced with other shit. So and I don't understand why people use it to mix either. Like, why are they cutting their cocaine with fentanyl? Like, I don't, I don't get that. That's that seems ridiculously stupid. Um, and besides, fentanyl and cocaine are two very, very different drugs. Um, let's see. Fentanyl seizures at the border continue to spike. So we have all this fentanyl coming over the Mexican border where, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get into some right-wing talking points, but it is true when your borders are basically pretty much wide open, you're going to have people bringing in drugs. You're going to have people coming in that probably shouldn't be here. Um, and I'm all for people coming over the border, starting a new life, refugees coming through. I, you know, I get things are crazy in, in, in other parts of the world. Not that things are calm here in America, but still there is a, there is a want and a need for people, uh, to come here and, and start a new life. Um, and, and I'm all about that. I'm all about that. I come from immigrants. Um, you know, so I, I'm not opposed to it, uh, but What's happening right now is that we have this huge fentanyl influx just coming over the border and it's killing our, our, our musicians, our friends, our families, our brothers, our sisters. And it, it's really a problem, man. And I feel like the opiate epidemic hasn't stopped. Like there, there was obviously an, ep, uh, an epidemic when uh, back, you know, maybe 10 years ago, where it, where uh, you know people were doctors were prescribing uh, tons of oxycontins and all these medic uh, all these drugs that were you know legal drugs that were prescribed to people and we were having a big problem with that and and what ended up happening is you had all these drugs for making money getting kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies um, you you had people who were um, 
you know, regular everyday people who maybe, you know, got hurt at work, right? You get hurt at work and then um, your doctor will prescribe you an ample amount of Oxycontins. And, and I know this, my dad went through this shit. I mean, shit, this has been, this has been like almost 20 years in the making here. Um, my dad, they just gave him whatever opiates he wanted and obviously he was ran over by a truck so he needed it he really did need it but he did become addicted to it and if the doctor would decide to cut him off people would turn to the street to sort of get their fix because eventually your body becomes uh used to it it literally alters your cell cells in your body and it literally your body's chemistry is changed from uh, just prolonged use of the drug. I mean, I know that I've changed my chemistry, my brain chemistry. It, it, like, I can't even deal with opiates right now. Like, it, if I needed opiates, I would not take them because I know, not that I couldn't control myself, but I know that my body would quickly lock back into uh, uh, addiction mode and it would be really shitty to come off of. <laughs> and coming off coming off of opiates is horrible. It's horrible. It's like having the flu um, or, or having a harsh case of COVID-19. Uh, like, and, and, and if anybody's had a bad case of COVID-19, you know, your body aches. It's very hard. Not hard. It's hard to breathe, but um, it's just not a pleasant thing. And, and on top of that, we have wrestling. Brought to life. you by Pfizer. Fuck you. Pay me. Yes. Thank you, Pfizer. <laughs> thank you, Bon Bon. Uh, thank you, Pfizer, for bringing us this this uh this stream our politicians our um, our medications our news thank you fentanyl thank you pfizer for all that you do for this world and contributions anyway so we have a big influx of fentanyl that just continuously comes over the border and it doesn't seem like anybody's trying to stop it. It seems like the border is just wide open for anybody to come over with any drugs, anything that's going on. So uh, what does this say? Weekly count. Biden administration lacks border policies. Catch and release and porous border policies give drug cartels easy access to distribute dr deadly drugs. This is very much. Look, at, and I love how it's all like very right wing uh, websites. I, I mean, like, this is not a right-wing problem. This is a very American problem. Uh, it's not left or right. Like, again, our friends, our family, our, our fucking artists are all dying because of this shit. Uh, I'm not into it. It's terrible. Fentanyl seizures at the U.S. southern border rise dramatically. <laughs> uh, fentanyl is smuggled in, uh, for U.S. citizens by U U U.S. Ooh, I don't know. How fentanyl crosses the U.S.-Mexico border. Let's go. Uh, so there are new battles in the U.S.-Mexican border. The most dangerous or narcotic law enforcement has ever seen. Oh, I didn't read that right. With help of te from technology authorities, they are working to curb the flow of fentanyl in the United States through extensive searches, which, okay. All right. 60% of all fentanyl seized in the United States is found at the U.S.-Mexican border. 60%? 60%. 60 
of all fentanyl seized in the United States is found in the U.S.-Mexican border crossing in Southern California, according to Marzina, Marisa Mar, Marine, who is port director of the San Isidro um, port of entry between San Diego and Tijuana. I used to live right there in uh, San Diego. And, you know, we used to get some good dope down there. But Jesus. Um, more than 65,000 vehicles cross the San Isidro port of entry every day. Marin said they first saw fentanyl in 2008 and that it has skyrocketed since fiscal year since fiscal year 2019 to search for drugs border patrol agents are use non-intrusive inspection technology that enables agents to scan as drivers pass through we're looking for packages concealed within the vehicle so it's just been getting worse and worse and again i'm not trying to espouse any kind of right-wing bullshit here this is like a real problem and when you have people dying in real time um you know gangsta boo mac miller all these folks tom petty prince these are legends right and uh these people are dying because we're not getting control over what's going on in the border and i realize that you can't stop all drug flow but our horrible policies what are are um our war on drugs thing here in the United States is just a joke. It's just a fucking joke. Our own CIA was selling cocaine and crack in 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 uh too bad building a wall is racist. CNN told me. Um, and yeah, I mean, even if there was a wall, it would still there would still be a problem, right? It, it wouldn't just be. Uh, build a wall and all of our problems are solved. And, and um, you know, it, 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 it's not that simple. They have tunnels. They they fly that shit over. Uh, they got mules, drug mules who come over. Uh, you know, you swallow a bunch of condoms full of fentanyl and just walk over the border and shit them out or puke them out. So there's all kinds of different ways that these the, the drugs would come into the country. And when you look at things like how the CIA was selling drugs to fund the, 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 what was it? The fund, the, the Iran Contra thing that was going to fund, you know, military operations in South America, uh, during the eighties and nineties. Um, you know, there's more to it than just drug cartels coming over. Like the, our government's working with it. Don't forget drones. Yes. Don't forget those things. Those lovely things. Um, so when it, when it, the, when I say it feels like it's on purpose, there's evidence to point to that, you know, there, our government could, you know, possibly be behind it, it, flooding our country with drugs. Um, just another way to, to bring us down and internally or to, to, you know, I'm not sure why they would want to do this, but it is a possibility. What was that called? It was Freeway Ricky Ross. Um, CIA crack Iran Contra. Let's see what comes up. Drug use, CIA, CIA Contra crack cocaine controversy. And this is coming from a fucking, this is our, this is a .gov website. 
Excuse me. The Los Angeles Sheriff's Department began investigating Ross in 1985, but was unable to make any arrests or drug seizures. In January 1987, I mean, they could be funding, you know, they could be selling, they could be using money that they sold, the, this fentanyl. Uh, to fund, I don't know, overseas wars. I don't know what's a what's a war that's going on right now that we are really into. And if you say you're not into it, then you're pro you're pro Putin. Hmm. I wonder what war we're we're really just trying to fund with all of our might that we just broke off another forty seven billion dollars in that stupid fucking law. Uh, that stupid spending bill, that $1.7 trillion spending bill. What is that? Hmm. I wonder what that war is. So you don't know. And, and again, this is, this, is, this is all, there's a history of this shit going down. There's a history of the CIA that our own government is backing these uh, d- drug dealers, taking that money, funding other wars... Uh, to push an agenda, to push, uh, to regime change, um, to make lots of people money, lots of corporations. I know Lockheed Martin isn't complaining right now, right? Lockheed Martin is fucking living the life. Sales are up, son. Sales are up. Um, Let's see. Los Angeles Sheriff's Department had uh, began investigating Ross in 1985, but was unable to make any arrests or drug seizures. In January 1987, the LSA, the LASD, and the Los Angeles Police Department teamed up to form uh, a task force to target Ross and others in sun- South Central Los Angeles. The task force became known as the Southwest Crew and consisted of nine members. The task force began to focus so intently on catching the elusive Ross that it became known that he became known as Freeway Freeway Ricky Ross the, the Freeway Ricky Task Force. <coughs> According to later indictments, the members of the Southwest crew also stole drug money and possessions from drug traffickers. According to later federal indictment in uh, April of 1987, the officers chased Ross and shot at him when he fled. According to a subsequent trial testimony, they then planted a kilo of cocaine in the path of his flight and claimed that Ross had dropped it. He just had a kilo of cocaine. He's like, oh, I better get rid of this. This is holding me down. <laughs> he just he just has a kilo of coke. Um, let me see. Um, uh, he claimed he dropped it. They also claimed that he shot... Uh, that the shot fired by police had been fired at Ross had fired because Ross had fired at them. Ross was later arrested on these charges. Uh, the charges were later dismissed for police misconduct based on Ross's assertion assertion that the police had disparaged Ross's attorney, Alan Fenster, during their questioning of Ross, therefore interfered with the attorney-client relationship. Oh, wow. Um where where arrest federal charges? Let's where is the CIA at? Uh, you know what? I suck at reading. Let's go over here. Let's go to Google owned. Shut the. F- uh, Google owned YouTube will tell us the truth.
Fury Wiki Ross and the Iran Contra drug scandal. At the height of, of you selling cocaine with the Nicaraguans, um, were you actually going to Nicaragua and everything else? No, like I've never been to Nicaragua. Never. You, you never wanted to go and meet with I the. I didn't need to. They asked me. Oh, the, the, they invited you? Yeah, to Mexico too. Okay. Now, when you hear of cocaine, you always, you always hear of Pablo Escobar, you hear of Colombia and so forth. Were you dealing with the, with the Colombians at all? They were. Oh, the Nicaraguans were. Oh, so yeah, that I was think, being done. I think they were dealing with the Choas, uh, the Escobar, and, uh, and Medellin at that time. I think Medellin was, 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 was another one of the top families. The, Pablo Escobar never tried to reach out to you directly? And no. It was, he was too big? I mean, I guess like he was moving too much? I don't know. I probably wouldn't talk to him anyway. Okay. I picked who I wanted to talk to. You had your connect? It, it worked for you, and you I'm stuck good. with your connect all the way. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for customers, and I wasn't looking for connects. Okay. So, you go to jail, you come out, you're not dealing cocaine anymore. Right. But then Blandone reaches out to you, mm -hmm. and wants you to do one more deal. Well, he didn't really want me to do the deal, he wanted me to introduce him to somebody. Okay. That would do a deal with him. He kind of sounds like the movie Blow, a little bit. Uh, well, you know, all drug deals are almost the same. You know, um, when somebody's working with DEA, they, they use the same tactic. Okay. It's just I never saw the movie Blow. <laughs> oh, you, you never saw it? I saw it now, you know, me and Nick Cassavetti wrote a script together, the guy who wrote Blow, and, and I also had the uh, opportunity to meet uh, George as well. Boston George. Boston George. Okay, was that before or after? When he got out. Oh, he, oh he's out? Yeah, he's out. Oh, okay. So, if you look at, for example, at Boston George and a, and a Freeway Rick, who, who was the bigger entity? You know, just so people can kind of get it in perspective. I don't know, you know, because I don't really know what Boston George was doing. Okay, fair you know, enough. I don't know his... So, but you never had to interact with him? Or no, anything? I didn't. Oh, okay. And I didn't care. Yeah. See, I was going to make my 200000 every day. Right. That's all I cared about. Okay. What Damn. this guy is doing, none of my business. Why do I need to know? $200,000 a day. God damn. No, his business. Fair enough. I want to keep him out of mine. Okay. So you hook up with Blandone again, and he wants you to introduce you to someone and so right. forth, and you eventually do it. And what happens next? Police, helicopters. It's like a party. Boom. Cars are pop. People here. That's a shitty party. There's <laughs> someone who's been arrested. And seeing those flashing red and blue lights, that shit is not a party. That is like, fuck. Popping up out of cars, and I mean, it was a setup. So explain the whole Iran-Contra thing and what your role in it and what Blandon's role was in it. Well, my role was that Blandon would bring me drugs to sell to raise money for the Contras. Uh, the Contras was backed by the CIA, which was Ronald Reagan and George Bush. And George Bush is pet P. George Bush Sr. is pet P. Uh, they felt that if they lost Nicaragua, that... Um, Russia would be marching down the streets of the United States. Okay, but where's the Iran part? Well, they sold guns to Iran and took the money and gave it to the countries. But then they were also selling drugs, well, they were allowing drugs to pass through into America and using that money and putting it to the countries as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the initial money come from Iran because the, uh, Congress had said that they couldn't give the countries any money. So they had to get it from a source that nobody would know about. It, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's so much there. You know, you, you really got to do your homework. And then, you know, they also had the hostages in Iran that Ronald Reagan was able to get them loose because he was going to give them weapons for the hostages along with getting some money. Hmm. How much of this did you actually know about? None. So, I learned so, all this while I was in jail. Okay, so when you were actually selling drugs and so forth, did, did it seem... I didn't care about Iran. <laughs> yeah. About <laughs> None of that stuff. The Contras no. in Nicaragua, nothing. You were just, you were just selling drugs. Man, let's make some money. All this is happening, and the CIA is actually overlooking this whole process. Right? From what I understand. From what you understand. Yeah. I didn't see the CIA doing it, but, you know, they came back and said, yeah, we were, we were watching them. We okay. were helping them. At, at a certain point, did you ever think, you know, I'm getting all this, all this cocaine. No. And no one's getting busted. 
And I mean, we're, we're well, people are getting busted. Okay, I mean, my guys, were, my guys there, are getting busted. Were there uh, huge seizures and everything else like that? Like, were you expecting a big, a big package one day and it just never came, and there was a drought until the no. next? No, no, we didn't have those issues. And you think it was because the CIA was involved? I don't know. That wasn't my, it wasn't my lane. Okay. You know, I, I don't know what Danilo and them had going on. So, so you weren't actually involved in the smuggling of it all. No, you, not at so, all. So, when I got it, it was already here. Okay, you didn't care how it got over there. Not, not at all. And you weren't. It's not like you, you would pick up some huge. Uh, you know, some huge storage canister with like a billion dollars worth. You, you, you were getting... I got mine issued daily. Daily. Yeah. You, you were never getting a huge, massive no, amount. No. Okay. Is there a reason why you, you, they dealt with the risk of daily as opposed to one big monthly haul? Well, that's what I could pay for. I usually took what I could pay for. Okay. I didn't really like credit either. Okay. So you never actually had credit with these guys? No, nah, because then, you know, if you take credit from people, then you kind of like work for them. Right. Then they can start telling you what to do. And nobody was able to tell me what to do. Okay. I did what I wanted to do. When, when you hear the horror stories of dealing with these overseas drug, you know, operations where people's entire families would end up dead and you know like people would fuck off some money and, and so forth like that did you ever deal with any of that around you like did you ever see that type of stuff happening well i know I, i've known of people getting killed you know somebody come in to rob the place and, and kill everybody in the house i've heard of that and yeah. you know most streets that it happened on you know in la uh dude that's such a fucking crazy life to, to, to have to constantly be worrying about somebody coming to murdering you and taking your drugs and taking your money, taking everything you have. That that just sounds like too much. That's too much. I, I can't. I couldn't. That would just be too much. I, I can't deal with that kind of stress. And that's why and that's why I have a day job. Which I don't want I, I like my day job, but I'd prefer not to have a day job. I prefer to just concentrate on what I'm doing right now. Anyways. But it's you know, kidnapping. I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of this part. You know, you run around this, the street with two, three hundred thousand, a million dollars. You know, and everybody else is making. You know, you figure at that time a good job in L.A. was like five hundred dollars. You know, you, yeah. so it's tempting. You know. So, that deal with Blandone put you right back in prison again. Yeah. And at that point, they gave you life. Life without the possibility of parole. How did you feel when? when you, okay, you you went to trial with it. I went to trial. I guess you don't plea bargain for life. <laughs> You don't plea bargain for life. That is true. Um, so, yeah, as you can see, this is the type of thing that's gone on. And, and I'm sure that they don't just stop doing these things. I mean, if our FBI can can lie to us and the FBI can dictate what can be seen on social media and what they can't be seen on the media... If, if if they're still up to their old tricks, I mean, who you know that there's something more going on with this shit, and and what, what community I wonder does fentanyl affect? I don't know. I'm half illiterate, guys. Death rate, maps, graphs, drug overdose. Fentanyl awareness. Large metropolitan areas to rural America. No community is safe from this poison. But yet, it's coming over the border constantly. Hmm. Our war on drugs sucks, too. It's really helping. Anyways. So, 
you know, this is sad. It's sad. Gangsta Boo is getting caught up in this. It, it, it just, it, it doesn't feel right. It feels like we're allowing a lot of stuff to come over the border. It feels like they're doing absolutely nothing to sort of curb this shit. Um, and I know, what is that? Title 42 is, I believe, something that Trump put into place to, to allow us to turn back uh, immigrants um, and criminals and and I think they just ended that, which, like, I'm not a big fan of Trump, but I, I do hate to see my fellow countrymen dying, our, our artists dying of fentanyl. And a big part of that is this porous nature of the, the southern border. So I don't think this, again, this is not a right or left issue. This is an American issue. Uh, when you're, when your artists, when your family, when your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers are dying of this drug that possibly could be prevented from coming in if it was controlled a little bit more, or at least, uh, offset it a little. And that's the other thing too, is, is that the drug war that we put into place, which was based on some racist shit that Richard Nixon, uh, you know, it all came out that Richard Nixon, did sort of start this drug war to break up the hippies and the and the Black Panthers and and these social movements that were happening back in the sixties and seventies. Um, you know, this it was predicated on some bullshit, uh, and and it was enforced for you know the ability to go in and uh, you know break up these communities and. Uh, it's just progressively gotten worse, and I don't see how it's any better. People are dying more than ever. The drug war has failed, has failed miserably, and uh, we're not doing anything. In fact, we're letting more drugs in. So, I mean, they're never going to get rid of drugs, never going to get rid of people who are using drugs. I mean, it's just it's just what's going to happen. I mean, and coffee's a drug. Uh, these fucking you know, whippets, you know, that's for baking, but those are drugs. Anything that alters your 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 state of mind is a drug. And, um, you know, we're always going to have them. And they're never going to be completely gone. So, <laughs> Boozy, who <laughs> I just love Boozy. Uh, this is what he said on Twitter. He's trending right now. Millions of fentanyl overdoses. When have you heard of crack overdoses? You still see crackheads from 20 years ago and they functional. They can fix anything. You get on fentanyl, you dead in a week. For real, for real. <laughs> Boozy is advocating for crack cocaine, folks. That is right. You heard it here first or at TMZ. Crack is whack, but it's better than fentanyl. <laughs> and this is what he's saying right here. This is the video he's 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 putting. Twenty twenty two. Hey, check this out. Dude, it's high Too as hell. People dying in twenty twenty two, fucking with fentanyl. If you're gonna be an addict, you might need to go back to crack. Crackheads live longer than anybody. You still see them around. That fentanyl shit is way strong. If you can't shake it, go back to crack. You're going to be funnier. You're going to live longer. <laughs> Fool for thought. <laughs> hey, check this out. 
fool for thought. Yeah. You can crack. You're going to be funnier. You're going to live longer. You're going to be funnier. That fentanyl shit is way stronger. <laughs> if you can't shake it, go back to crack. You're going to be funnier. You're going to live longer. I will say, I will say yeah. this, crackheads, pretty funny, pretty funny to watch crackheads. Uh, it's really sad, of course. I'm not saying that it's not that you know these are someone's brothers, these are someone's sons, these are someone's daughters who are you know fucked up on drugs. But it's uh, it, to me, it's it's they they are definitely funnier than um, people who are strung out on opiates. People who are strung out on opiates are like they're boring. They're gross, but crackheads, man, they have an answer for everything, <laughs> and they'll fucking they'll clean your you they'll, they'll clean your windows. They'll walk, they'll do lawn work, bro. They'll do all kinds of shit. They got the energy to to really do some shit, and uh, fentanyl just kills you. So, listen, I'm not trying to say the smoke crack. Everybody, don't don't just start smoking crack. Obviously, no one's gonna sit here and listen to this and be like, you know what? Fuck it, Mikey P's right. I'm just gonna start smoking crack, and getting shit done. New year, new me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not advocating for crack cocaine, but uh, uh, boozy is hilarious. Rolling Stone has released a top 200 uh, greatest singers of all times, and I'm, it's not my favorite list in the world. Now, granted, the first, the top 10, I feel like, are pretty decent, okay? They're not bad. Can't complain too much. But there are some discrepancies within this list that are just egregious. Just absolutely egregious. So, let's go through the top 10. And also, Raina, for whatever reason, decided to make a whole list which you can find in her link in her in the bio of her um, Instagram, and she made a whole list of, of it from uh, the top two hundred. She wrote it all down in this nice little um, whatever this program is. What do you call this? Whatever she did. It. Uh, so let's just skip ahead to the top. Let's go to top 20. Let's start at top 20 and work our way down. Now, Marvin Gaye, I think, should have been in the top 10. Not going to lie, Marvin Gaye is such a powerhouse of a singer. He he just had such grace. He was such a soft-spoken dude, too. Um, I put up a video of him talking about depression, and it was just so good. It's, it's getting a lot of plays on uh, TikTok, and maybe we should just go over there real quick, and let's watch me point. What is this girl? Um, I definitely smash. Oh, Bubblehead Derek, that, that's who this is? I mean, she's pretty hot. All right. Um, let me see here. So, oh, we hit 20,000, y'all, by the way. 
We hit 20,000. Um, 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 okay, so let's watch this video. This is good. In fact, the last seven years of my life haven't been exactly ecstatic for me. I haven't been ecstatic. I've been happy and um, somewhat, um, yes. most of the time, pretty depressed. But um, my depression is, um, I think, because of my empathy for our humanity. And I'm a bit of a manic depressant anyway. Most of the time, I put on quite a face. I don't know, but I'm pretty depressed. Um, this is, um, this is such a good interview, uh, and I cut it up a little bit because, you know, there's a lot of ums and uhs, but he's such a soft-spoken man, right? Like, uh, Marvin Gaye is. Depressed most of the time. Right? I have, as I said before, a lot of feeling inside for people and my love, my life, my job, what I feel I'm here for, my purpose. I'm a little reluctant sometimes to get on with it. I'm afraid I'm much too emotional uh, to be an artist, really, um, to be a really good one, to be on the job all the time. Which, that's interesting that he would downplay his own his own talent. Um, he said that he was too, he looks high as fuck, just saying, probably is. He's having breakfast with the person he's being interviewed by. Um, uh, but he said that he is, what do you say? He's too emotional to be an, an artist. Uh, to be an artist, really, um, to be a really good one. He's too, he said, I'm afraid to be, I'm afraid I'm too emotional to be a, an artist, a really good artist. And it's just interesting how low he has to think of himself. And, and, and you know, that's part of depression is, is just you have a low opinion of yourself or... Or, or a situation has come up where you have a, you know, it makes you feel terrible. Uh, but it's just so interesting to see somebody who is so influential and who had such an amazing voice to be in this sort of downplaying his own talent and, and talking about how vulnerable he is. To be on the job all the time. Uh, I guard my heart pretty, pretty well these days because I'm afraid if I ever fell in love again and I met the wrong woman. I don't imagine I'll live. I have a very fragile heart. And I put on a pretty rough exterior, and uh, it's pretty thick. But I imagine some lady will penetrate it again one day. I hope she's the right one. I never played with the other kids when I was a little boy. I mean, the thing about Marvin Gaye is that he was highly addicted to cocaine, and he was violent towards women. Um... But, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but cocaine is a hell of a drug. S uh, psychosis. If she's thick enough, what's up? Let's go. Well. Okay. Oh. That fell flat. <laughs> is she thick enough? I'll get with her. Uh, so, it, I don't know. To me, Marvin Gaye is just such an influential figure. Um, and... I feel like 20 was kind of a shot in the ass right there. I don't think he, he, I think he should be in the top 10. I'm going to redo this actually. Frankie Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra, when you talk about talent, because because I want to talk, I'm talking about talent and, and um, Frankie Blue Eyes has a beautiful range, but he has that beautiful baritone sound. Um, he actually transcended uh, the way jazz was saying over music. 
um, because of how he played behind the beat um, and swing, swing how he sang. Um, so he really was influential and had a very, very, um, uh, he transcended jazz and, and big band music. Uh, what did he say? The breath control, the careful study of every lyric, the relentless search for vocal perfection. Sinatra was a titan behind the microphone before he was anything. Few singers have conveyed the depth of emotion Sinatra could. How insensitive his 1967 collaboration with Antonio Carlos Jobim uh, is a morose as a man can is as morose as a man can sound. While standing up, while immortal, I've got you under my skin from 1956. He shades the songs, uh, ebulence, ebulence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nat King Cole had great breath control. <sighs> I love how Nat King Cole thought that cigarettes made his voice better, which they might have. You never know. But he also died of lung cancer. Uh, okay. uh, Celia Cruz. I'm not that familiar with her. I don't even know if she should be in the top 20. So I can't talk shit. Elvis Presley. Great crooner, right? Wonderful singer. Again, I don't know if it's top 20. Now, I can see how he's he's influential uh, in rock and roll. uh, Also, country. He was somebody who was able to bring a style of music to the mainstream which some people call cultural appropriation. Um, although he was working with black folks while writing songs and stuff. I'm not trying to give him an excuse. There definitely was some stealing of moves and moving his hips and all that stuff. But we're talking about vocal prowess. And as a vocalist, I think he was pretty decent. And 17 is probably not a bad place to put him. Uh, now, Prince. I feel like Prince... He had such a, a range himself, but again, he, you know, he, he, um, I mean, he could do falsetto. He could do, you know, do get low. Uh, so his range, it was beautiful. He was an awesome uh, multi-instrumentalist. And I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe 16 is fine for Prince, but here's my big problem. Here's the biggest problem, folks, friends, fucking Bob Dylan is number 15 above prince elvis cecilia celia cruz frank sinatra and marvin gay really i don't think i saw cindy lopper on the list at all she has a great range too i agree uh, Ariana Grande was on it. Uh, get Bob off the fucking... <laughs> Listen, I know why they put him on there. Uh, he, he, he was influential in the way that he was able to sort of, you know, confidently sing badly, but with a, a, a huge message behind it. He was a wordsmith. But I don't think that's... I don't think that that is talent vocal talent I, I think what he did was great and i think that he brought you know folk music and that whole i you know that whole thing that whole um 
what was that? Uh, uh, the New York scene, the New York East Village scene to the mainstream. But my God, like he and like his voice now, his voice now sounds like he's been sucking on a barbed wire coated cock. Like, what the fuck is going on with that? It sounds like he's been gargling gravel for the last 40 years. What what even happened to his voice? Uh, great songwriter, but singer. I mean, he did it, and it was good in the 60s, but it doesn't carry all the way through. And, I mean, in, in a sense, it does carry. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of Bob Dylan lovers, but, like, for me, it's called technique. You know what? This fucking pissed me off. Let me hear... Let's hear fucking Bob Dylan singing right now. Twenty twenty two. Let's hear this. I think we've heard some of these before, but This is on speedy mode, hold on. He's like unironically Tom Waits now. That's what's happened to Bob Bob, Bob fucking Dylan. It's just like, bleh. Bleh. I'm, and like I'm not gonna sit here and say I hate Bob Dylan because Bob Dylan is great, but is he a great singer? Does he deserve to be above Prince? To be, I mean, hold on, where the fuck is that stupid ass thing? Get the fuck out of here. Does he deserve to be above Marvin Gaye, Elvis Presley, Frankie, Nina Simone? Fuck off with that. Nina Simone was a fucking goddess. Who'd his manager pay to get him that high up the list? <sighs> Again, I don't. I think they're going off a of uniqueness and not necessarily talent, which I thought was a great point that someone in the TikTok comments was making because I made a video. Freddie Mercury. Now I feel like Freddie Mercury. In my list, he would be in the top ten. He had an insane vocal range, and his mouth. Like I think he had like extra teeth or something. Shit, man. Fucking Freddie Mercury is incredible. Let's read what they had to say. Freddie Mercury's soul-stirring vibrato and four-octave vocal range. What is usually the... What is the range of most singers? I guess it just depends. Um, as well as his overwhelming charisma ignited the music of Queen, making their art rock an arresting spectacle. Bohemian Rhapsody offers a crash course in Mercury's greatness thanks to its... Ball, balladic, balladic, never even heard of that, balladic bookends, feisty rock moments, and operatic middle, including the breakdown where Mercury's vocals accompanied by guitarist Brian May and drummer Roger Taylor's were mega dubbed into a giant core, choir, Jesus, 
uh, Queen's catalog is stuffed with other moments that just show that show just how talented Mercury was. Somebody to love floats on air as Mercury soars through octaves and moods effortlessly. Another one bites the dust. Dust is all snap and swagger, and the show must go on. Go on is ruefully uh, appropriate coda. Oh, is a ruefully appropriate coda. So I mean, yeah, it, it's it's he's he's just incredible. He's just incredible. Is there any videos of? Personally, Freddie Mercury would be in my top ten. Um. Uh, see if he has it. Do you have anything where he's just sitting there? God damn. Okay, we can't listen to this at all. Okay, so... I mean, he is just an incredible. Get out of here, CIA stuff. Get out of here. Fentanyl. Boobs. Get out of here. Boozy. Okay. Ah. Okay. So Freddie Mercury again. He would be in my top ten. I think that he is just such a a a, a fantastic singer. Knocks it dead. Murder. 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 Um, uh, Patsy Klein. Okay, so Patsy Klein is great. Absolutely wonderful as a country singer. Nothing wrong with her. But I don't think she needs to be a 13. Number 13? Above Prince? Above Freddie Mercury? 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 Again, Patsy Klein's incredible. Incredible, incredible emotional singer. You know, I mean, fucking, I fall to pieces. Stand by your man. I mean, when she really opens up on stage, stand by your man. You know, like when she opens up in that in that hook, it's fucking moving. I I absolutely agree with that. But I don't. It's if we're talking about technicality, she yodeled and sang at the same time. Get out of here. And so did Hank Williams. And Hank Williams, I think, is one of the, like in the line. Hank Williams Sr. to me is in the same catalog as fucking Bob Dylan. I love Hank Williams. I fuck it. There's tear in my bear and you're trying for me. I, I, that's a great song. There's a hole in my bucket or whatever the fuck it is. But I don't think that it, he is great at singing. He can yodel his ass off. Now, I do want to hear Patsy Klein yodeling. Is she gonna yodel though? Not gonna lie, I'd smash. I don't know if she yodeled and sang at the same time though. Um, 
Fred declined. It says total. Jesus, I am really ridiculous. Yodel. Yeah, fuck it. There we go. Uh, Love Six Blues, Patsy Klein, Live Performance, San Antonio Road. Okay, let's just put in Yodel. Now let's make welcome our favorite singer around the community jamboree as she sings the Love Sick Blues, Miss Patsy Klein. Miss Patsy Klein. I got a feeling cause I'm blue. There you go. Yeah. You're not wrong. I don't know what I'm gonna do. All I do is hit and cry. Oh, Lord, that last long day. She kills it, though. Oh, Lord, I thought I would die. He'll do ya, he'll do me. He's got the kind of loving. But, Lord, I love to hear him when he calls me sweet baby. What a beautiful dream. Damn. She's amazing. She's amazing. Um, that That's hard, man. That is hard to do. Yeah. See, I, I mean, I'm not a singer, so fuck. You know what? Fuck you, Patsy Cline. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Patsy Cline. Okay, but still, I would not put Patsy Cline above, uh, above Freddie Mercury. Um, I mean, could she be in the top 20? Maybe. Maybe this is this one. This is problematic to me as well. John Lennon, okay, Funkin' a Beetle, okay, great voice, great lyricist, great songwriter, but he is not a great singer. Like, like what Patsy Cline just did would murder anything that he could do. And when you're talking about vocal talent, let's read what these fucking turds over at Rolling Stones said. John Lennon's voice was like his mind, agile, bright as a bell, start startling, startlingly, startlingly alive. From his screamed-out version of Barrett's songs, "Money, That's What I Want," with the Beatles out rocking the Motown original to the seething motor mouth of Instant Car. Ugh. Um. We all shine on. To even lesser later rocker like what you got, singing with everything he had was Lennon's trademark. His first solo album, 1970s Plastic Ono Band, is still astonishing as critic Robert put it, a complete tour of rock timbre from scream to whine. I would I would agree with that. A lot of whininess going on there. Uh, again, he, great artist, great, great singer, but I just don't think that he was the most talented, and, and I don't think he's number 12, and I feel like he wouldn't put himself there either. Not impressed. Little Richard. Now, Little Richard, yeah, he, he fucking killed it, and Little Richard, I believe, is, isn't he, isn't he... But I don't I don't know him what songs when he sings alone. I don't know him when he sings alone. Yeah, um I I get it. Yeah, Little Richard is amazing and he has that Gigala Miss my and I think he's credited with like it's him and Chuck Berry, right? Um Little Richard
Don't they attribute Little Richard as Little Richard did not invent rock and roll. Other musicians had already been mining a similar vein by the time he recorded his first hit, a raunchous song about sex, Tutti Frutti. Um, I am the architect of rock and roll. Rock and roll, he says. That's what Little Richard says. So he accredits himself, not the inventor, but the architect of rock and roll. So... Is Chuck Berry which one? And Chuck Berry's down on the list. Which again, Chuck now, now Chuck Berry is not a great singer. He definitely had a rocking ass guitar style, but I don't see him as a great rock and roll art. You know, I mean, a great singer. Um, Chuck Berry. According to Clevelands.com, Chuck Berry didn't invent rock and roll all by his lonesome, but he was the man who took rhythm and blues and transformed it into a new genre that would ever change popular music. He also peed on prostitutes and put cameras in the women's toilets at his restaurant. (laughs) So there you go. Really living it up, Chucky. Chucky's really living it up. But Little Richard um, definitely, definitely has a great vocal prowess. Um, let's, let's hear some of Chuck. This is an older version. Rhythm and Blues had that baby, and they called it rock and roll. I just want you to know that. Are you having a good time? they are okay uh oh is that right mighty mighty they're just okay you got you got you got opinions uh yeah little little richard has a great thing again i'm not sure if he qualifies to be above prince or even Freddie Mercury, for that matter. All right, so moving into the top 10, I, I don't have a whole lot to say that's bad about the top 10. I, I absolutely agree that Al Green is a, um, I mean, he just has a silky smooth. Like him and Al, him and, and Marvin Gray, Marvin Gray, Marvin Gaye have such unique voices, and they, I mean, I know Al Green gets compared to Al, uh, Marvin Gaye a lot because of their falsetto and stuff, but they they really are two distinctly different artists with two distinctly different sounds. And I feel like Al Green definitely fit in the groove, laid in the groove, laid over the groove way more uh, intimately. And he definitely could lay in the groove, just just deep in the groove. Like it, it, whereas, yeah, Al Green's amazing. Al Green is incredible. Um, so number 10 for Al Green, 
for this list, I think great choice. Not going to complain too much about it. Otis Redding, another one. I'm not going to be mad about it. Otis Redding, he was just raw soul, you know, like just raw as fuck. Like he could, yeah, no, Otis could just, just, he would bring down the, the stage, you know, every time. Uh, again, it's that raw, soulful, like you can just hear the pain in his voice. Um, just, just absolute, just murder, just murder. Uh, on stage, start with uh, commanding. Start with his commanding performance at the 1967 Monterey Pop Festival. Otis Redding was so boundless and revved up that he could literally make the stage shake. But especially in the studio, his emotive rasp was a marvel of controlled restraint. Ooh, that's a really good, nicely structured sentence there. His emotive rasp was a marvel of controlled restraint. Yes, I would agree with that. In his most penetrating soul ballads like Try a Little Tenderness, Mr. Pitiful, and Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, Redding re- 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 relished each anguished word, adding exclamatory lines at the end of the phrases, but never overdoing them. Another testament to his power, the way he could cover rock and roll hits like I Can't Get No Satisfaction, A Hard Day's Night, and make you forget that anyone had sung before him. That's a great one. I do think he was good. Thank you, Mighty Mighty. I think so, too. Uh, So at number nine, Otis Redding, not going to complain. Now, Beyonce. Beyonce, technicality, her her the way that she can dance full-fledged dance and sing like a champion is absolutely incredible but i don't think that she i don't think that she is in the top 10 for me for me um she's definitely i would put her in the top 20 i would definitely put her in the top 20 because there's no denying that she is incredibly gifted um super talented singer just you know a great range she can do things that are i mean the thing about beyonce is that you soon as you hear her singing you know it's beyonce you know and that's one of the things that's great but i don't think that she you know greatest of all time is a big big words big big words um and like i just feel like ella fitzgerald is somebody who i would put above beyonce like Ella would be in my top ten. Uh, I love Sarah Vaughn. I love Billie Holiday. Those, you know, those three a lot of times get compared. But I, I don't think that I would put Beyonce in my top ten. I, it, she's just not there for me. Um, uh, what, what did, what did Rolling Stone say? In Beyonce's voice lies the entire history of black music. <laughs> uh. She is one of the pop's greatest, great historians and artists. So in love with the heroes who shape her that she can't help but find opportunities to pay homage to them in her music performance and, of course, her singing. But there's nothing derivative about Beyonce, what Beyonce does. Instead, she's headed, the, uh, heeded the lessons she can glean from Prince, Tina, Tina, Diana, Michael, Janet, Donna, and more, and shaped herself into an icon. We're standing next to those titans. Yeah, and she, she's great. But again, yeah, you know what? There's no Jennifer Hudson on the list either. 
Celine Dion got overlooked and no Jennifer Hudson. <clears throat> Let's make sure. And here's like the whole list. Again, here, if you guys want to look at the whole list, Raina put together a comprehensive list so you can go through and see who's there. Uh, I mean, there there's some things in here that I'm just, I am just appalled by. Just absolutely appalled by. Uh, but I don't think Jennifer Hudson was in here. Let me see. Fine. How, wait, I can't do that? How do you search in this fucking hooker? Man, what the fuck? There we go. Uh, Jennifer. No. No. Oh, that's Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah, there's no Jennifer in here. So, no, Jennifer Hudson wasn't. It's amazing that she can sing and dance. That's hard. Absolutely. You know, and the what's cool about Beyonce is that she, when she trains to go out on the road, she works out and sings and does vocal exercises as she's intensely working out to prepare for the road. Now, I don't know if she does that. Now, she, she has, you know, what, like 5,000 kids or something? I don't know. You know, she's older. Um in my opinion, the older people get, the better their voice can get. Except for Bob Dylan, who's just fucking, for some some reasons, only gotten worse over the years. Anyways, uh, so Beyonce, eh, she would definitely not be in my top ten. But she definitely is uh, a fantastic and incredible singer. Now, Stevie Wonder, yeah, he deserves to be in the top ten. Stevie Wonder, hands down, is one of my favorite artists. Not only is his vocal prowess at the top of his game at all times, the blinds back to the back. Yes, they did do that, too. You know what? I also got a lot of comments on how the top 10 were all black folks, and uh, especially on TikTok, and one came up on um, in Instagram, but... Um, I, you know, it's it's weird to me... It's hard for me to trust Rolling Stone because I just don't trust Rolling Stone as a magazine anymore. They used to be something special and something beautiful, but like they have just completely taken to this idea of, of this woke thing that's going on, which I'm not trying to shit on woke politics or whatever, but I, I find it I find it just uh, woos your day. <laughs> Moving Dutchman, welcome in, my friend. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well today, my friend. Um, I hope uh, that it's not too cold over there in, in over the pond. Over the pond. We're just going over Rolling Stone's top 10 or top 200 singers of all time. And uh, Stevie Wonder, again, he he's just an incredible artist, multi-instrumentalist. He's definitely in my top 10. Stevie Wonder definitely is in my top 10. Yes, thank you. I hope. You too. It is very warm for this time of year. Yeah, you know what? It's like uh, 53 right now. So not too bad, especially after that cold front that just kicked our balls in. That was horrible. Um, 
So let's read through here. Whatever tone Stevie Wonder Stevie Wonder is aiming for, from starry-eyed romance to uh, gritty realism, his voice can convey it with ease. Few other singers could so convincingly sell both the unabashed tenderness of "You Are the Sunshine of My Life" or "I Just Called to Say I Love You." Oh, God, those songs are so good, and the simmering anger that underlies "You Haven't Done Nothing." Uh, or living for the city, living for the city. Uh, the last song showcases uh, Wonder's planted, oh, patented growl, one of the many vocal talents he uses to push a song into overdrive. See also the upper register melodic acrobats heard on Sir Duke, or the gospel-like swoops on the climax of they won't go they won't go when i go talking about singers who squall or favor an overheated delivery in an a uh, 2014 interview d'angelo singing wonder out the thing about stevie wonder he said was that he brought these vocal mechanics into the squall that other motherfuckers just couldn't do what is that Oh, reject all. Cool. D'Angelo revolutionized soul music like few others. As part of the soul queering movement and a friend of and collaborator to uh, Questlove, Lauren Hill, and Raphael Sadiq, D'Angelo continues the legacy of Marvin Gaye and Prince while fusing it all with an off-kilter beat flourishing akin to the uh, that of Jay Dilla. Oh, that's very, uh, it's very descript. Uh, hola, I think Mike feels like singing today. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know if you were here last time moving to husband, but I, last Friday I was just falling apart. My voice was eating sh- tons of shit. I was like gargling with, uh, with rusty nails or something. But you miss it. I I did sing earlier. I sang boobs. I sang boobs. So if you want me to sing, you know what you got to do. All right. Ray Charles, the two blind guys back to back, like Bon Bon said. Um, Ray Charles, I think in my TikTok video, I said he could melt a thousand hearts, which is true. Uh, He transcended genres. He brought that... Um, that beautiful bluesy swing of of gospel into the mainstream. Uh, he was able to do anything. He could do rock and roll. He could do blues. He could do jazz. He could do country. He was just a man. He didn't. He, he could probably do metal if he wanted to. But um, yeah, he is just fantastic singer. And I think he would be in my top ten as well. He'd be in my top 10. Uh, People call me a jazz singer and a blues singer, but I really don't know the difference, Ray Charles told in an interview in 1963. I just try to sing a song, and I only sing songs I like to sing. And I try to put a little bit of soul into everything. He meant everything. Charles was a titan of R&B, pop, jazz, and country alike. And the reason his first retrospective box set in 1991 was titled The Birth of Soul is because it was Ray's rewriting of a gospel song as the straightforwardly lascivious I Got a Woman. 
that made soul music happen. And when he turned one of and when he turned one of the most uh, anodyne of national hymns, "America the Beautiful," into a soul-wrenching epic, the man could do anything soulful. And I, I do absolutely agree. Very versatile. Yeah, I w- that's a good way to say it. Very versatile. He's in the role today. Um, let's just let's just get a little piece. I wanna, I, I wanna, I wanna, I have to do this because I figured that anybody that worked that will work this hard deserve some kind of reward. Meaning what, Ray? I'm talking about my drummer. You know, well, let me explain. You see, he's he been practicing this lick ever since 345 this morning. <laughs> and I know it because the manager came up about 415 or 420 or something and knocked on my door. And you know, I wasn't too happy about that. But I struggled to my feet and I, yeah. Yeah, manager, manager, what the hell's the manager? All the I said, Mr. Charles? I said, yeah. Uh, sir, about your drummer. I said, he don't sleep here, sir. <laughs> uh, he said, I, 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 I know, but there's, there's a problem. And uh, rather than to try to explain it, could you just come to, just come to the outside of the door and just listen for a minute? And I have to admit, friends, I, I was shocked. When I walked out, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. My drummer, and I don't know where he found him, but, but he had French horns with him. <laughs> and they were going. Good transition. God damn. Everything he's doing, the piano, his vocals. This America. God damn. Sweet America. I mean, people are clapping for America right now. And Ray Charles. Sing these words. Oh, beautiful. 
Chills, man. God damn, he's so good. He is just so good. Yeah, he's definitely going in my top ten. I'm I'm putting together my own top ten, okay? That's what's happening right now. <laughs> Somebody in my TikTok comments was like, can't wait to hear your top ten. I'm like, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> you're not gonna like it. Um yeah, Ray Charles just absolutely phenomenal perfect uh number five mariah carey and um i couldn't agree more mariah carey she has those whistle tones her range just uh, she could uh, the way she'll sing like so low and then all uh, mariah fuck yeah mariah's fantastic Definitely deserves to be in the top 10 and is in my top 10 personally. Um, I'm not even the biggest Mariah Carey fan, but she is just absolute powerhouse. And um, I, I have no grievances in her placement at all. Um, range uh, is exactly what M Mariah Carey possesses across five staggering, five octaves. Fuck, dude, that's that's one more than even fucking Freddie Mercury. 
Uh, five staggering octaves. The elusive Chantus can pivot. Chantos? I don't know how to say this. What is that? Some Frenchy shit? I don't know. Uh, can pivot earlier between easily between a biting, taunting growl to an unreal whistle tone to sharply delivered a cold cut steel. God, I'm such a illiterate fuck. Uh, since 1990's Vision of Love, the singer-songwriter has always straddled the delicate balance between old-school R&B and with modern, often forward-thinking pop. Her secret has been long been a sweetness that can be at times either angelic or devilish, depending on how she wields the multitude of uh, secret vocal weapons she has in her arsenal. Everything from coy, breathy coos to guttural, full-body belts can be deployed with equally electrifying results by combining her operatic vocal talent with the tough attitude of and penchant for high glamour and drama. Carrie birthed generations of imitators in her wake. For those who she influenced still can't beat the architect of mo modern pop sound. And Ariana Grande, I would say... I mean, oh, okay. A chant, a chantus? Is that what that means? A chantus? I don't know. I like her. She does great. She's great. And I do like her. And I, I, <clears throat> I'm not the biggest fan of Mariah Carey, but she is definitely one of the greats. And there's no doubt about that. No, no one can tell me any different that she's not wonderful. Uh, just a huge talent. Uh, Billie Holiday. Now, Billie Holiday, her unique painful note by note just rawness to her was fantastic and you know what sucked about her did anybody see the, the the movie billy or whatever um andrew day played her and did a great job but i knew about her past i've, I've read some um i think i read her book and how the fbi just taunted this woman because she wouldn't stop singing uh strange fruit which strange fruit is a um uh if if you don't know what strange fruit is it, it's about it's about the lynchings in the south um and it was written by actually a white dude so but the she wouldn't stop singing that song and so the fbi tortured this poor woman her whole life um because when she sang it she sang with such uh, just beauty and and pain and that that she moved people, she moved people with her voice. And when she sang "Strange Fruit," I think she got arrested for singing it. In fact, did she get arrested for singing "Strange Fruit"? She's also a, a horrible drug addict. After Holiday refused to stop performing the song at Ash Slinger and Slingers, who was the FBI, I think that was the FBI's right hand, uh, Hoover's right hand man. I think they're also pegging um, Ash Slinger's request. He had agents from his department sell her heroin to frame her. She was sent to prison for more than a year and was stripped of her cabaret performer's license by authorities upon her release, essentially ending her nightclub career fucked up man so fucked up because she wouldn't stop performing 
Strange Fruit. And she's just, I mean, it was like, it was like what hip hop was back then, right? Like hip hop, a lot of time tells the story of, of the streets of what's going on. And it was, they tried silencing hip hop back in the, you know, in the nineties and the eighties. And, um, the same shit is the same shit. They're just like, you know what? You can't tell people what's going on. And then they'll want things to change. And we like things to be the same. So, very sad. Um, Now, I'm not sure if I would keep her in my top 10. I feel like as a vocalist, Ella Fitzgerald hits harder. Didn't Marilyn Monroe stand up for her? Did she? Marilyn Monroe changed Ella Fitzgerald's life. Marilyn Monroe advocated for her and promised she would sit in front of the house every night and bring along other celebrities. <clears throat> I think I think it's Ella. They were afraid of her and what she was singing. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't. They wanted to go on, carry on the way things have been and the thing way things are. Listen, see. It, it's a damn shame, but I would place and and even though. Let's read what they have to say. Other jazz vocal legends like Sarah Vaughan and Ella Fitzgerald thrived on refinement, and and that's where I'm talking about, like. Uh, and, and Billy had that raw sensibility. Billy Holiday privileged uh, emotional truth. It's a quality that gave her a special status among fellow artists from her longtime saxophone foil, Lester Young, to Miles Davis, who wrote in his autobiography that when Holiday would sing a ballad like I Love You Porgy uh, about a woman tormented by an abusive lover, you could almost feel that shit she was feeling. It was beautiful and sad, and that and the way she sang that. She'll always be known as a poet of gloom. Her slow drip delivery perfectly suited to the forlorn, forlorn lover man or downright morbid strange fruit and aptly sickening condemnation of lynching. But she could also use the openness in her voice to convey overflowing elation, too marvelous for words. Billie Holiday makes you hear the content and intent of every word she sings, even at the expense of her of her pitch or tone. Joni Mitchell once said, Billie is one, of the, one that touches me deepest. Yeah, and that's the thing. You don't have to be the best singer to convey emotion. And, and I think that's a big part of it. Um, how do you harness your emotion? It's not all just technicality because there's some like amazing guitarists out there who are incredible guitarists who, for me, the music is very sterile and just very, meh. Um, like Joe Satriani. I'm just like, okay, you can rip, you can shred. That's great. But I'm not, it doesn't move me. Um, now, for me, Ella Fitzgerald is just a more rounded musician and more technically able. Um, but I don't know. That would be really hard. Either Billy or Ella would be in my top ten. 
I'm not sure. I'd have to think about it. Number three, Sam Cook. You know, Sam Cook is not bad, but I don't think that he is the great. My phone's about to die. I might be back later. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Naders. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Have a great day. Um, Sam Cook is a fantastic singer. There's nothing, you know, you can't, there's nothing you can say bad about him. But I'm not sure if he is a great singer. And and I don't mind him being in this top ten. But I think I think that they could have he could have that number three could have went somewhere else. Like Otis Redding, I would put at number three over Sam Cooke. Um, there is American popular music before Sam Cooke and popular music after. He was already a gospel superstar with soul stir stirring stirrers, soul stirrers. When he went solo in 1957 and immediately began defining the idea of soul music, both as a crossover star and musical innovator, his tenor seduced on 1957's You Send Me and it enchanted on Wonderful World, a song that in lesser hands might have sounded corny. Don't know much about history. Don't know much about that it be. Whatever. Um... But few singers savored being inside a song the way Cook did. He did spotless standards on 1964's Live of from the Coca Cabana uh, and a smooth version of Gut Bucket R&B One Night Stand live at the Harlem Square Club, a badass 1963 set unreleased until 1985. And then there was the 1964 piece A Change Is Gonna Come, a civil rights activist inspired by hearing Bob Dylan Blowing in the wind, cook whales. I was born on a river. Now that is incredible. Yeah, I was born. I can't do that. Why am I even trying to do that? I, I just can't even come close to it. So Sam Cook, man, he could move. He can move mountains with that voice, with that soul. But I don't think that he is necessarily the the greatest one of the greatest but he definitely was moving the the ticket you know he was definitely moving people um could do things for your memory's sake. It's a beauty. See if you remember this is Sam Cooke singing. You send me. Darling. Great, and he was innovative, but man, um, then the sudden smell. And now, a little tune written especially for me Strange Fruit. Damn, she's on fucked up. I'm not sure. 
No, he's not. Frankie Valley's great, but um, he he would definitely not be in my top ten. Okay, Whitney as number two, I'll go with that. <clears throat> but I would go as far as to say that I would trade out Whitney for trade out Whitney's placement with Mariah. Not that Whitney wasn't amazing; she's a queen and such a tragic end to such a beautiful life. Yeah, I know you love Spring. I know you love Frankie, mighty mighty. <laughs> Um, he's the one who's saying, uh, somewhere across the sea, right? Is that him? Oh, talk like a man, walk like a man. You know what? Walk like a man, talk like a man. That's a pretty good song. Uh, him and Four Seasons. Okay. Um, Whitney Houston, I think I would trade places. I'd switch Mariah and her. Um, only on the technicality that, that Mariah just had such an incredible range and she's just such a she was such a hard worker. Um, not that she wasn't. Uh, the standard bearer for R&B vocals, Whitney Houston possessed a soprano that was as powerful as it was tender. Take her cover of Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You, which became one of the defining singles of the 1990s. It opens with her gently brooding, her unaccompanied voice sounding like it's turning over an idea of leaving her lover behind with the lightest touch. By the end, it's transformed into a showcase for her limber, um, muscular upper register. She sings the little phrases, the little phrase with equal parts, bone deep feeling and technical perfection, turning the conflicted emotions at the song's heart into a jumping off point for her life's next step. Wow, that's very, that's very, that's great, I guess. Um, yeah, it, again, she's just amazing. There's no doubt. I, I, I have no qualms with her even being in the top 10. She's definitely there. I'm not sure if she's in my top 10, but she definitely, definitely is, is, is there. And then, of course, we got number one, who is Urethra Franklin, who, uh, funny enough, always had to pee. Okay, bad joke. R.I.P. Aretha. Uh, Aretha Franklin, yes. Queen of Soul, just incredible, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
She is a force of nature, a work of genius, a gift from the heavens. Aretha Franklin's voice is all that and more, which is why she remains the unchallenged queen years after her final bow. Her singing is the most magnificent sound to emerge from America, more universal than Coltrane's horn, bolder than Hendrix's guitar. She blew up the blew up worldwide with the 1967 respect, claiming her throne as the greatest pop rock and soul singer ever, as Mary J. Blige told Rolling Stone, she is the reason why women want to sing. Which I agree. And, and um, you know, that's why it's like Beyonce is great, but everybody was like, Aretha is amazing. Uh, Aretha could express jubilation as heard in her gospel doc, Amazing Grace. Uh, she could summon the deepest heartbreak in ballads like Ain't No Way. Her artistry is the greatest achievement of American music, if not American history. But her voice is the crossroads where all different musical traditions meet, from gospel to funk to rock to blues. Uh, as she said, I guess you could say I do a lot of traveling with my voice. <laughs> she grew up in Detroit. Gospel royalty. Uh, she grew up as Detroit gospel royalty. Getting her lessons in the church from Mahalia Jackson, who is incredible as well. She's on this list. Um, at first, her label tried to mold her into a slick lounge singer, but she quit the crossover game game after meeting another young outsider on the label who whose voice didn't fit the pop mold Bob Dylan. As she told writer Gary Hershey, neither of us... Neither of us was what you call a uh, mainstream. Aretha went to Muscle Shoals and became Lady Soul, creating her own raw, intense R&B sound. She forced the mainstream to cross over to her, changing, changing the way music sounded ever since all over the world. Her genius has taken so many forms, 1970s gospel, 80s glam disco, her collabs, uh, with disciples like Whitney Houston and Lauren Hill, or the night she stole the Grammys singing uh, Newson Dorma without a rehearsal. Because she could just do that. Uh, but whatever she sang, she claimed it as her own. And as long as you live, you'll never hear anything like Aretha. Uh, that's why her voice still goes right on changing the world. Singers of singer of singers, queen of queens, all hail Lady Soul. And yeah, I I agree. I agree. She's she's great. She's she's absolutely fantastic. There's no way you can get out of that. Now, I can't believe. Still, I'm still in dismay on how we have motherfucking. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan beats out Ursher, beats out Vicente, Toots, Stevie Nicks, Anita Baker, whoever that guy is, Gal Costa, Smash. Uh, Selena, Jimmy Rogers, I don't even know who Jimmy Rogers is, Diana Ross, but MJ, my heart will not go on, and the fact that Celine Dion was not even on the list, 
She wasn't even on the list. That's fucking wild, man. That is so wild to me. Um, there's so much going on on this list that makes me mad. Uh, one of the things that made me mad was, was this. Is um, Let me see. Frank Ocean's on the list. Frank Ocean's great. Oh, I love Bob Dylan too. There's, I mean, he he fucking definitely brought something that 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 nobody else was bringing. But he, it wasn't vocal prowess. That wasn't no. Mark Anthony's on here too. Um, where is it? Tanya Tucker. Um, hold on. Where is she? All right, so Courtney Love, who, you know, whatever, she's good, right? She's 130. Courtney Love is, uh, she has her place, but I don't even think that she should be on this fucking list. I, I really don't. I don't think she's that great of a singer. Like, to me, she, and the fact that she's above Lauren Hill drives me crazy. Lauren Hill is insanely good. Look at this. It, Axel's on it, and Axel can sing his ass off. That's for sure. Loretta Lynn, Jeff Buckley. Look at this. Courtney Love. Who even invited this person? Uh, Courtney Love came from a punk tradition of women who didn't care about singing pretty, and she brought that sensibility closer to the rock mainstream than any other singer of the past 30 years. Her impact was immediate, most notably on her husband, Kurt Cobain. Love's distinctive rasp personifies the agony and ecstasy of being a woman and does so in a way that's fun to yell along to. No, it's not. Yes. Anybody. Anybody could replace her. <laughs> Saucy chicken nugget could replace her. Okay? Um, I just, I'm not, I'm not great on her, really. Uh, what was interesting, too, and I'm not a fan of, of Courtney. And obviously, she can sing. You know, I'm not saying she can't sing. But... Um, Courtney was on Mark Marin's show, uh, WTF podcast, and she was talking about how people still think she had something to do with Kurt Cobain's murder. Which she did, obviously, right? <laughs> Bob used to be okay, but now he should retire. <laughs> you know, Mighty Mighty, I don't think that uh, Bob Dylan should ever retire. I think he should just tour till he dies. But... Uh, I, I, I'm not really, you know, I'm not a fan and I would never go pay to see him. But I, you know, there's a lot of people that will. And I feel like for musicians who are deeply embedded in in in, in touring and, and living that musician's life, I feel like touring is what keeps them going. I feel like the day that Bob Dylan is like, I'm just going to live. I'm just going to live in Malibu. For the rest of my life and call it a day. Fuck it. Yeah, just all harmonica. All harmonica and electric guitar. <laughs> but Courtney Love <coughs> supposedly wrote a song about how um, uh, 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 directed towards the people who think that she killed Kurt Cobain. Which I would like to see. I'd like to hear that song. But I, I, I'm not a fan of of whole I'm not a fan of Courtney Love and let's face it 
she did kill Kurt Cobain, so whatever. No, I'm just kidding. I he he most likely killed himself. That's probably what happened. But um yeah, I, I just I'm not into it. And the fact that she's above these people right here, Loretta. I mean Neil Young, personally Neil Young is not that great of a singer to me. I don't he's he has some great music, but I don't think he should even be on the top two hundred list. Axel Rose, now Axel Rose can sing his fucking ass off. There's no doubt about it. He has a a a, a great way of singing from yelling to singing ballads you know he can really pull it he can really bring that shit um everything about guns and roses felt sleazier and more ruthless than what had come before at the centerpiece of their sound was one of the most outrageous voices ever heard in rock throughout their 1987 classic appetite for destruction Axel Axel axel's voice shape shifts constantly conveying dead-eyed menace on the low end, it's so easy, Mr. Brownstone, and demonic fury in the high. Welcome to welcome to the jungle and uh, out to get me. Uh, while also touching on androgynous yearning, sweet child of mine, and pure qu- cocky swagger, Paradise City. Ballads like Patience and November Rain broadened his palette and reminded fans that there was just as much Elton John as Freddie Mercury and Janis Joplin in his vocal DNA. I guess not really. Now another one that kind of pissed me off. Where is he? Where is that son of a bitch? And again, if you guys want a comprehensive list of this, I'll drop it in the chat here. You guys can go check this out. It's a uh, this is what Raina put together for everybody, so we could uh, do this. Uh, and let me. So Kurt Cobain is number thirty-six. Now Kurt Cobain, okay, coming as a fan. I like Nirvana. I've loved Nirvana since I was a little tiny kid. But you're telling me that Kurt Cobain is better than Aaliyah? who probably shouldn't even be on the list. Louis Armstrong? He's better than Louis Armstrong? He's better than Curtis Mayfield? He's better than Van Morrison. Kirk Cobain is better than those people as a singer. Get the fuck out of here. I love Nirvana. I love Kirk Cobain. But get the fuck out of my face with that. This is... Horseshit. Flagrant horseshit. Um, Kurt Cobain's voice was a sound at war with itself. It's only because he shot himself in the fucking face. Often harsh to the point of being grotesque, but uh, resolutely melodic, even at its ugliest. It's a blend born out of his diverse vocal influence from the twee sing-song of the Vaseline's Eugene Kelly and Francis McKee to the wounded snarl of the Wipers' Greg Sage. The result was a voice that could could find the books buried within the caustic noise metal of school or breed, and expose the razor blade at the center of the grunge pop apple on Drain You or In Bloom. For me, it was always the voice that blew me away. Dear Ticks, John McCulley, who 
has covered Nirvana with the band Surviving Members. Uh, I, I'd heard people with gravelly voices, but Kurtz was different. It's not, it's not a pretty voice. He has not a trained singer by any means. He is not a trained singer by any means, but he gave me hope. No, he's not a trained singer by any means because, um, Chad Kroger, <laughs> maybe better than Chad Kroger. Maybe, maybe. I, I just, to me, he's not that. And Tom York, uh, he's great too, right? Tom York, Radiohead, fantastic singer. But I don't think that he goes above these guys. Definitely not Louis Armstrong. Be better than Etta James. Tom York is better than Etta James. You're telling me that Tom's vocal fucking range and prowess is better than Etta James? Get, get get a fucking life, bro. Teddy Pendergrass? You got, you got, you got what I need. Ariana, even Ariana Grande, who can do those whistle tones, who is just like a little mini fucking Mariah, uh, but, but, you know, younger and, 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 uh, and, and more in shape. She just, get out of here. You're not going to tell me that. I'm not going to, I don't accept that. Jane Brown, Kurt Cobain's better than Jane Brown. Better than Ella Fitzgerald. God damn it. So I again there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of people in the chat was like, why is it all black folks? And and I feel like it is partly uh in the top ten, I'm saying, why is it all black folks in the top ten? Which I have no problem with that, considering that fucking all of our pop music that we have now, rock and roll, blues, R and B, rap, fucking I mean, maybe not country, but I feel like country and banjos can banjos derive from, I mean, country derives from blues too. And from like old, you know, hymns brought over from the Europeans. Everything that is American music is black music. And it's not just black exclusively for black people, but I'm saying it all derives from fucking black culture, black music. And uh, so I don't have a problem with that. I don't. And to me, it makes sense considering everything is predicated on what some downtrodden black people were, you know, singing and playing about. So it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I can see why, you know, it's Rolling Stone and they've gone so fucking woke. They're just the worst. Um, and again, Rolling Stone used to be something beautiful, but. They have, I, I could see why they're like, well, make sure everyone's black so we don't get any, get in any trouble, you know? But again, like I would easily replace Beyonce with Freddie Mercury. Easily. Easily would replace her. And Freddie Mercury's, I don't even think he's white. What is Freddie Mercury? He's like, I think, is he Turkish or something? Yeah, he's Indian. Parsi Indian. So there you go. I mean he he's not even he's not even white. But still and you know who I would actually add as well? 
and this might ruffle some feathers. R. Kelly! <laughs> R. Kelly. I would probably add R. Kelly. Iggy Azalea, she's great. <laughs> she's great. But is she top 10 or is she even top 200? I don't think so. Uh, I would have added R. Kelly to this list. R. Kelly is a fucking musical genius. She says, nah. I know it's not a popular idea, <clears throat> but when we're talking about technicality and what he's done for R&B music, I, I feel like he has that going on for him. Uh, would he be in the top 10? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, but I, I definitely think R. Kelly should be on the top 200 at least. I know he'll never be because of his current predicament. Uh, predicament? Predicament? But um, he definitely, as an artist, is uh, is up there. He's up there. Um, I, I definitely think Celine Dion should have been in the top 20. And again, I'm not I'm not uh, a huge Celine Dion fan, but I recognize, you know, she's an incredible artist, incredible vocalist. Um and I think Chris Stapleton is on here. What is this? What is this? Celine Dion <laughs> Montreal News. <laughs> oh golly. Let's watch the let's watch them talk all about it. CTV's Vanessa Lee starts us off with more on the disease and how the legendary performer is coping. Oh yeah, I've this is sad. I've been with problems with my health for a long time. Silly. This is super sad. This is super sad that she's dealing with this disease. It's just really awful. Zion was emotional as she revealed to fans what has kept her from the stage. A rare neurological condition that causes debilitating muscle spasms. Unfortunately, these spasms affect every aspect of my daily life, sometimes causing difficulties when I walk and not allowing me to use my vocal cords to sing the way I'm used to. It's known as stiff person syndrome and affects only one or two in a million people. It often takes years to be diagnosed. It can be extremely lonely and isolating to go through something like this. I'm very grateful for Celine to use her beautiful voice to shine a light on this disease. Researchers are trying to understand what causes rigidity and spasms so severe they can dislocate joints and even break bones. My heart That's breaks up. for them because we're not there yet. We're even short of a cure, we're not at a point where we can, I think, help a person's quality of life to where I would be satisfied. The Quebec-born superstar says she is drawing strength from her three sons and has hope she is on the road to recovery. It's been a struggle. All I know is singing. It's what I've done all my life. 
for now, all of Zion's shows and her current Zion. world tour have been postponed or canceled until next it's, August. It's so Omar. horrible. That's so horrible. Legendary Quebec Chant Chantis Chantus Chantus. I don't know. Celine Dion has been snubbed by Rolling Stone magazine. For many fans, Dion was a glaring omission from the magazine's ranking of the of the 200 greatest singers of all time, published Sunday. The list included the likes of Lana Del Rey, Johnny Cash, Kurt Cobain, and Beyonce. Aretha Franklin ranked one. Over her 30-year career, Dion won five Grammy Awards and the Canadian superstar. Wait, that how many uh, how many Junos has she won though? Uh, and the Canadian superstar has long been praised for her powerful vocals. Her signature song, My Heart Will Go On, is one of the best-selling physical singles of all time. <sighs> Sorry. <clears throat> and, uh, and was the main theme for the smash hit film Titanic. Fans were quick to take to social media to criticize Rolling Stone's brush-off, and the slight was reported on several media outlets, including CNN. You can say whatever you want. You can say we can have our opinions, but the fact of the matter is Celine Dion has the technique, the power, the voice that hits the trailblazing career, said one Twitter user. I agree. 20 Junos? Five Grammys, 20 Junos. There you go. Canada's best export right there. Uh, besides Rush, of course. Um, God damn it, get out of here. Uh, have an opinion of our greatest singers. Have an opinion on our greatest singers of all times list? Of course you do. Head to roll. They wanted this. Those sons of bitches. They wanted it. <clears throat> Fuck, dude, she's great. Absolutely, Bon Bon. Just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. After everything Celine Dion has given us, been through, leaving her off the list is a crime against humanity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I can I, I can get behind that. I, I agree with that, actually. Others said Quebec could, uh, would be quick to defend the singer's reputation. Rolling Stone did not include Celine Dion on its list of greatest singers of all times. Quebec has declared war. Rolling Stone better be prepared to face an army of angry French Canadians who will take them down with nothing but con condescending attitudes and plates of poutine. Uh, said the woman in on Twitter. 
Wow, is he really? I've never seen a Canadian so mad. Rolling Stone preemptively responded to criticism of the list, tweeting, Before you start scrolling and commenting, keep in mind that this is the greatest singer's list, not the greatest voices list. Talent is impressive. Genius is transcendent. Man, fuck you, Rolling Stone. Y'all can eat a dick with that. Uh, Dion 54 recently announced she suffered from whatever that is a rare yeah stiff person syndrome which is a very clunky name for that but I guess there's a more medical claim here uh, what is it called Marsh Waltman syndrome oh that's probably the people who discovered it and shit man see they can eat a dick with that with all that hold on I gotta want to go to that tweet wait did they write their own Rolling Stone for oh no yeah oh no um where wait then go back um how do we get to this tweet yeah we can go to these tweets here okay and I need a way to just send it. I just want to see their criteria for their selections. Well, this is it right here. Um, the, it, before you start scrolling and commenting, keep in mind this is the greatest singers list, not the greatest voices list. Talent is impressive. Genius is transcendent. So they're saying that Bob Dylan's genius is transcendent past fucking Marvin Gaye's genius? Bob Dylan transcends Marvin Gaye's genius? Prince's genius? Their criteria is fucking trash. And so is Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone is such a trash magazine. I'm really serious. I used to read Rolling Stone religiously. And they have just become the biggest pile of shit that I've ever... It's sad, really. It's really fucking sad because they used to be something worth reading... And now they just they just placate to this very ultra left woke idealism, which is, you know, fine. But it, it it turns a lot of people off, including me, because not everything has to be based on fucking fucking race or or gender or everything. Things can just be what it is. It doesn't have to be all fucking surrounded by fucking oppression. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, I guess their criteria is just garbage too. Fifteen, yeah. Look at this. Look at this. Is such a funny video. <laughs> Number fifteen. Listen to this shit. <laughs> Listen, look. He looks at Stevie Wonder like Stevie Wonder is gonna give him a cue. Stevie Wonder don't even know what the fuck he, that Bob Dylan's looking at his ass. Unless he does, and Stevie can see, Hooters. Um, but yeah, let's let's just, let's just let this sink in. Number fifteen, everybody. Just stay right into the mic like that, Bobby. That's beautiful. And you know...
That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful, Bob. They're just sucking his dick because it's Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's entire deal of expansiveness. He wasn't feeling this song, and it was out of his range. Get out of here, Bob. Uh, that still does not excuse admitting Celine Dion. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting you fucked up. Adding an addendum, addendum, adding an addendum, it happens whatever but the logic that this is a singer's list and not a voices is a ridiculous justification for many Celine Dion ahem USA only Guinness Book of World Records the greatest hits now overtaken by Michael Jackson's thriller best selling album okay uh, people are mad people are believing stuff Let's see. Next to the course, Michael Jackson with clearly Rolling Stone having an agenda against him. Let's not forget Celine Dion. <laughs> Everybody just keeps going. Michael Jackson is 86. 86. Uh, delete your account. Destroy your servers. Take all existing magazines out of print. Throw them in a bonfire. File for Chapter 11. Vacate your office. Demolish the building. Apologize to the world. Repent. Leave the planet for good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that. Let's share this. Retweet. Why do you always manage to make a reference to allegations against Michael Jackson in any review that's meant to be objective on his work slash voice? But say with domestic violence wife beater John Lennon, you never managed to fit that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, these fucking, they are flaming them uh. Flaming the number. Uh, then why are all the captions that accompany each singer about their vocals? For Taylor Swift, you said she was chosen because her voice has evolved. Camilla. Uh, and even if it was, the list is still whack. <laughs> Uh, one, placing Christina Aguilera this low. I agree. Christina Aguilera, which she came in at. Chris Cornell. She came in at 141. They put Chris Cornell. Fucking Soundgarden. Above Christina Aguilera. Get the fuck out of here. It's ridiculous. You're ridiculous, Rolling Stones. You fucking fucks. Not having Celine Dion on the last, who is part of the vocal trinity. On the last, who is, okay. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Move Ariana to the top 25 on the next update. She's great. She's a great singer. Okay, we're moving beyond that. I don't know what that was. Um, why is Michael Jackson in the 86th position? He deserves to be number one. Why is there no Celine Dion here? He shouldn't be the one. He should be much higher. He shouldn't be one, but he should be much higher. How do you get higher than one? I guess zero? I don't know. I get it. It's not the greatest. 
I get that it's not greatest entertainers or dancers or show people, which is why no Madonna, J-Lo, or Britney, which J-Lo's vocals are garbage. Britney's not that great of a singer either. And Madonna is has become such a ghoul. I don't know what's wrong with that woman. Much love to Madonna, though. Get it, girl. Uh, but all Celine Dion does is sing. Sometimes she's standing there in one place. So please explain why she is not on the list. I don't see a valid explanation. You need to redo the list because Beyonce should not be on it, especially not in the top 10. She must have paid them. <laughs> the weekend is 110th, uh, clown. Uh, okay. Michael Jackson was the only legacy artist to have multiple albums sell over 500,000 units in the United States in 2022. Wow. If that's true. I haven't looked at the list yet. Still trying to interpret this tweet. Are you separately creating greatest voices list? Am I about to be pissed off? Yes, many people you are. Um, Pink was right in 2012. Was still right 10 years later. I mean, pink good, but uh, uh, Edith Piaf, Paul Simon, Charles Blah, Frankie Valley. There you go. The Righteous Brother, Tony Bennett. This list is a joke, a bad joke. In all cases, what mattered most was it mattered most to us was originality influenced the depth of an artist catalog and the breadth of musical legacy. Uh, if that's really your criteria, then Michael Jackson should have been easily number five. So apparently it wasn't enough. So apparently this wasn't enough for you to make it to the list. Chester? Is that Chester? Okay. James Baldwin on Michael Jackson. He will not swiftly be forgiven for having turned so many tables. That's true. Celine, de Celine deserves better, and I will not eat at the Hard Rock Cafe until this is fixed. What? <laughs> All right. So there you go, guys. That's the Rolling Stones Top 200. Top 200.